You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we bring you another episode on Third Watch, our recap series on a show that no one in the history of podcasting has ever covered before, except for us, because we're awesome, and you're awesome for listening to this. We are up to the 12th episode of the third season. It is called The Long Guns. This first aired on the 28th of January, 2002. It was written by Julie Herbert, directed by Brooke Kennedy. We've got a double female dose this week. That's good to see. Um, And this is a great episode. I'm looking forward to talking about it. My name is Ben, and when your mum was pregnant with you, she must have been on that drug. No ass at all. Oh, don't you talk about my mum. I'm just kidding. No, hello. My name name is Brady. (laughs) That was an awesome opening. I love it. Thank you. You're not the first girl to tell yeah. me that. Um, I, don't, well. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> move on, Ben. Um, yeah, no, we, we. this is a great episode. This is, um, yeah, this has got a lot going for it. Uh, it's tense. It's dramatic. There's twists. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a great episode. And um, I always remember this one. I always remember this episode. Uh Kind of, you know, no matter what I say about sort of blending season three and season four together, this is one that kind of... I I feel this is an episode that I have watched out of order before. I feel like if I've just wanted to watch a random episode of Third Watch, I've just put this one on before because I'm so, like, overly familiar with this episode, which is kind of weird considering that there's a lot of season three episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, this episode. So, um, yeah, I I just... um, I think this is a great episode. This is potentially a top 20 episode of Third Watch, at least a top 30 episode, I would say. But, yeah, it's a great episode. Hell yeah, I would even say like this is kind of centered on Bosco. It's like one of the top Bosco episodes, like top, top, like in the top five. If it came down to that, just- one scene alone sells you on Jason Wiles, a hundred, hundred and fifty to two hundred percent. Like holy crap! Like it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this. I think you know it's funny because watching this episode, I kind of did forget about it. Like this, I don't remember this. So I don't remember this episode that much to be honest at all i don't know if i remember it at all and so seeing it i was just like this is powerful i was like watching it for the first time mm. and i was one thing for me was like wait when did when did bosco want to become, like when did he suddenly start wanting to become like part of like this the swat or whatever yeah the, yeah was that last? Was that a couple episodes ago? Or uh, this season? Yeah, there's been a few episodes where he's kind of mentioned it. Uh, you know, Hobart was mentioned early on this season, and we saw him obviously a couple episodes ago, and then kind of yeah. So it's it's kind of been a a few mentioned. I think kind of you you do get a few teasers of it kind of in some of the earlier seasons when he sort of sees them. But um, I kind of think I I, I like sort of this whole storyline around Bosco, you know, wanting to kind of go into somewhere because I I like. It's interesting, as much as we love Bosco and Jokas and Sully and Davis and kind of, you know, the dynamics that they have, it's kind of, you also want them to develop and kind of, you you can imagine if you work for the police that you, for the most part, would want to try out to be something different, if you know what I mean. You know, Sully's maybe exactly. an exception with that, um, but he's obviously been doing it for a long time, so he's kind of used to what he's used to. But, uh, so yeah, I, I like it kind of how we'll have here Bosco and ESU storyline and you know, you would argue that doesn't really play out. So then kind of next season, you've got Bosco and like anti-crime and then kind of, you know, obviously, uh, Jokas becomes a detective, spoiler alert. So kind of just things like that. You know, I, I like it when they'll do things like that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, me too. I just, I, I know I haven't been on for a while. So it's like, did this like transition kind of start happening when I was away? Because I was like, it kind of was out of the blue, but I love it. A few because references, it, we're yeah. ta- Now we're talking about faith and we're talking about Bosco and like it's setting us up for like the first season, fourth season and yeah. so on and yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Um, but what I like about this episode is kind of, um, I like how it starts off that we kind of get this sort of, uh, you know, subtitle up on the screen, 4.40 PM Tuesday. Um, so kind of like we get this sort of setup. Uh, we kind of see, um, Jokas in a cop car with a camera and a weird little flat piece of paper, which we'll get to, um, taking a photo. Then we've obviously got Doc on the phone, um, sort of yelling, like, I need that tape. I can't, you know, don't give him the tape. I can't get sued. Um, go to hell, hangs up, and we see Kim talking with a woman, and she sort of gets up and walks away, uh, doesn't need any help, um, as Doc's still, you know, calling the phone. Um, at the same time, we then see Taylor um, in the back of the ambulance, uh, sort of Carlos creepily looking at her, um, then to say, like, oh, your shirt's on the inside out, you know, uh, this is why they don't let, shouldn't let women in the military. Uh, I can't wait for you to ride with Zambimbo tomorrow. And it's like, oh, like, you've never had sex on the job before. Um, and then we obviously get uh, Davis and Sully uh, in a cop car. Well, that's what they would do because they're police. Um, <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say, Ben. Um, driving along and having a conversation about uh, arresting somebody on PCP and about how uh, he saw a guy um, rip a tree out on PCP before. Um so that's interesting in itself. And then we also see, same time, Bosco being walked upstairs. Uh, you don't have to do this. Um, you know, you're making a big mistake, and he's got a gun to the back of his head. And uh, we go to the credits. Uh, so it's a pretty tense opening. Like, we're kind of like, oh, what's going on here? It is pretty tense. I mean, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. The whole comment about females in military. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I was like, when I first thought, I was like, wait, what? I wish <laughs> Alex, you should have been on it, but it's Carlos. What yeah, can you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I say like kind of like how they set this up. So like when you've got like Sully and Davis rushing to the scene and you've got this person with a gun to Bosco's head, so you automatically assume that that's where, you know, they're rushing to. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of a nice little setup. But um, one thing I'll add, uh, the opening credits Chris Bauer is on the opening credits. There you go, folks. Um, <laughs> so just uh, pointing out the small things here on the Oz Network. Um, so we then kind of get the uh, the subtitle here one day earlier. Um, Bosco and Yokus uh, just, you know, in the car and um, Bosco talking to uh, Yokus about ESU um, and kind of like, I love how like he's saying to Yokus, like, you know, Nobody's as tough as you. You know, I think you must have been a man in another life. And I love Yogis' <laughs> reply. Thank you. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> this is so funny. And then um, I kind of like the setup here. So, like, he's obviously talking about, like, ESU, you know, it's the best job in the, in the whole world. You know, the whole country looks up to you. Um, and then kind of they've sort of stopped to let some kids cross the road. But then a guy runs up to the car and it's kind of like, you know, um, there's a there's a robbery going on. There's you know uh, over there in the laundromat, and um, they rush to the laundromat and they look in. And uh, who should just happen to be in there? It's Glenn Hobart. Of course he's in there. 
Uh, he's got guns drawn and we've got a bit of a standoff uh, going on here. We've got two drugged up guys, crazy, you know, let me shoot him. Can I shoot him? Let me shoot him. Um, which, you know, it's kind of, it's a, like these two actors are really good. Like you believe they're on drugs. Like they actually look like they're playing a good part there. Um, and then Jokas and Bosco uh, storm the building. Um we have kind of this standoff going on still. I love the editing here. I love kind of like the POV shots you've got, like from, you know, the, one of the, the drugs perspective, drug guys perspectives there. They're all kind of like standing off with each other. Um, and then Hobart all of a sudden out of nowhere, take him now. Guy with the glasses charges at Yokus. Guns go off. There's blood. There's a foot chase going on. Uh, there's great sort of techno music happening as they chase. And a guy gets away from Bosco by jumping on the back of a bus. Why not? Um, <laughs> the way he just <laughs> man, I tell you, Spider Man basically uh, going on here. Yeah, it was pretty much. Yeah, I don't think I've seen somebody jump on a bus like that. No, <laughs> okay. no, it's I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's it's so cool like the way it's done. It's well shot, and I just love the kind of like, the boss guy standing in the middle of the street just looking on like going, ah, oh, fuck. Um, so. Uh, meanwhile, back in the uh, the laundromat, we kind of got Davis and Sally showed up. Doc's um, offering to get treatment to Yokus, but she doesn't want it. Um, and they're, you know, obviously just kind of going on. I love because I love how she's got the egg on her head, and obviously she was head butted, which we'll get to that scene with Fred soon. Um, but uh, yeah, we we kind of find out from um, Hobart that he's there. He's been moonlighting as a security guard. Listen, uh, he tells Bosco. Um, but he doesn't admit that to um, the other cops, basically. Uh, so he's going to be on desk duty by the end of the week because he's obviously had to shoot someone. Um, and then Sergeant Christopher's there just being a dick as usual. Because um, what does he what does he say? Like, he, he leaves, and I can't remember what he says, and then they're all like, oh, I'm really starting to hate that guy. Um, <laughs> so, I can't remember, but I didn't know they were like, they were starting to hate him. Yeah. So, and then so... Um, Bosco and Yogis have a bit of a conversation, kind of uh, looking at, you know, her wounds. Like, oh, I'm ready for my close-up. Um, and uh, anyway, so they have a bit of a conversation. Then Bosco goes and talks to Hobart, who uh, talks him about it, and then uh, mentions about, um, oh, you couldn't let your partner get hurt. And then Bosco says, I know. And then Yogis is like, excuse me? Um, you know, like, don't, don't say that you're protecting me. Um, and then basically she's about to say something about Hobart. She's about to say, you know, oh yeah, I was in control of the situation before he, and then the other, other random sort of ESU guy is like, before what? Before what officer? Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, are you hiding something? No, no, nothing at all. Um, so clearly here, um, Hobart kind of obviously not really in a situation to kind of be dealing with this kind of as we kind of learn in this episode and Yokas knows it but uh she doesn't want to clearly um you know get him into trouble in front of all the big wig cops there and sort of also put Bosco in it so um I mean it's tense it's setting up some good stuff for this episode no it is it is I mean I just I look forward to like it gets stronger I mean this episode gets stronger and stronger as it goes on you know like how we talked about some of the episodes they have these strong moments but then it kind of just fall off with this stronger this episode just continues to get stronger yeah no, and the plot line actually kind of it stays consistent over over the episode i agree uh we've got uh carlos and uh taylor in the ambulance and uh carlos talking about davis's girlfriend a skinny little white girl with a flat ass and it's like flat <laughs> ass 
<laughs> like, uh, well, at least flat ass is better than you. You've got no ass at all. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Your mum was pregnant with you. She must have been on the drug. No ass at all. Um, <laughs> it's just like a so fun. I love Carlos. Like he can never take it, can he? Like he can dish it out, but then as soon as he's kind of like he's so like Bosco. Like we kind of went a couple of weeks ago of like, oh, and people say you're compassionate. Who says that? <laughs> like, um, I still love him when Bosco was like, "What's the wrong? With, what's the wrong with the way I walk?" Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, they know you're my favorite lines. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, so Bosco and Yoko's meanwhile back at the station and Yoko's is kind of like, you know, you sold me out to your boyfriend and Bosco's defending him, you know, like he's a good cop, he's a guy with 30 years experience and Yoko's is like, yeah, he had the shakes. He wasn't, you know, um, in, in control of the situation we were and Bosco's still obviously defending him, not wanting to hear kind of that there's anything bad against Hobart. Cause it's, I just kind of like this, the extent of, I guess, like Bosco's admiration for this guy, you know, he's kind of like a hero to him, I guess and kind of just the downfall that it will lead to sort of in this episode. Because um, I guess kind of we'd all have people like this in our lives that we'd look up to in this way that you just do not want to hear anything bad about them. Um, I mean, this is a terrible, uh, an absolutely terrible comparison because, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, like, I'm a, I was. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say I am a huge fan of Kevin Spacey and then kind of all this stuff comes out and you're like, oh, I can't kind of say that anymore. So, you know, it's kind of not the same thing, I know, but... Kind of similar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to hear all that bad. Well, yeah. Well, it's I mean, like... I don't, it's not that I'm I'm a person who's going to be like, oh, I don't want to hear it because it's not true. I mean, no, no, I don't no, know Kevin friend. Spacey. I cannot, you know, it's a, you don't want to believe it's true, but... No, no, you know like, my I mean. friend, like, when uh, she was a huge fan of Michael Jackson, like, she still is, like, she, her nickname is Blanket, her, his kid's <laughs> name. I mean, since, like, middle school, grade school, like... When Michael Jackson was going to the cart room for yeah. like all that with all the stuff going on, she had a poster made in middle school and literally ran around the lunchroom, up the stairs, throughout the hallway, saying screaming Michael Jackson is innocent. Mm. She was like die ride or die. And I get it, like she didn't want to hear anything, but I don't think you would I don't think you would do that, Ben. No, well I'm I'm a, I'm a, no, not quite. <laughs> Um, I, I, the, the difference is, like, I'm also a huge Michael Jackson fan, so I guess the, the difference is there was a huge amount of support around Michael Jackson and his innocent. I honestly have not seen one person yeah. with a Kevin Spacey's innocent no. t-shirt. So, um, no, there's not going to be any support for anybody that's being outed right now, like anybody that's been accused. It's different or, times. If, if, yeah, if Michael Jackson was alive yeah. to this day uh, and this came out now, of course he would still have his defenders because he's got such a huge fan base. I just think it would be done differently. I think kind of the people saying he was guilty would be a lot more vocal than it was back in 2005. So, um, I mean, it's different times. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's different. It's definitely a different time. That's that, that's why you have decades and decades of abuse coming out now. Like, yeah, whew. Yeah, completely different times. And, yeah. and I guess to date this episode, clearly we're recording this at the end of 2017. You're listening to this in the middle of 2018 when either this is all blown over and we're onto something else or it's gotten worse and that... I don't know. I'm probably in jail by now. I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's a bad thing to say. I, I don't like that. Was terrible. I just, I just <laughs> I was like, who am I talking? Do I not know this Ben person? I, like, I, I meant in reference to the fact that probably every man is in jail, but I, that was still a horrible thing to say. So, um, yeah. move on, Ben. Move on. Uh, you lost everyone when you uttered the words. I'm a fan of Kevin Spacey. Um, so <laughs> that's why no one listens to this show. Um, where are we up to? <laughs> I've lost. I've lost the point. Um, oh, so Bosco goes to the bar. It's his mum's bar, 
and yeah, he's Paddy D. She's back. Rose is back, but um, she's got another different hairstyle. This woman changes hairstyle every single time she's on screen. I love it. Um, and I love how he kind of like leans in to kiss her, and she's all like, "I'm not talking to you." <laughs> it's like you know, I had to do it, mum. And obviously, you know, he's obviously still a little bit upset about you know poor old Mikey being arrested. But again, kind of like show this uh, episode. And I, I I don't know if the laws have changed in New York. I mean. I'm assuming this is kind of a thing now, but I know, for example, like smoking in bars in Australia is just absolutely gone now. You can't do it. But, um, you know, this, oh, okay. this is like this scene we're seeing everyone smoke. Can you still smoke in bars in, in Seattle at least? I've never been to a bar in my whole life, so I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, well, because I never smoked or drank in my whole, well, because of my childhood. Fair I enough. mean, fair enough. Okay. Let me ask me when I'm in my 40s, I have my like first wine and beer and. Then I'll let you know. <laughs> sure, when when life gets so stressful that yeah, um, but um, I mean I've been to bars in America. I just I just don't pay attention to that because I mean, I've never smoked either. So it's not like I walk into a bar and go, where can I smoke? Um, but well, no, you can you can generally tell it. when you walk into a bar and it's smoking because you know I remember this one um, when I started going out. There was this club in Hobart, um, and like to get to the dance floor, you had to go through the smoking area. And just the smoke just hovered. It was terrible. Because you'd walk in, it was all clean and fresh. Then you had to walk through this smoking area. So you'd be like, oh, it would just be so thick in the air. And then all of a sudden, you just get to the dance floor and you're like, holy crap, that's like terrible. Yeah, it's a good thing I won't. Maybe it's a good thing I don't go to bar. I have asthma. And like Mm. my neighbor downstairs, he smokes sometimes. And as soon as it like comes up, I'm reaching for my inhaler, opening the window. Just, ugh. I mean, I've never been like terrible terrible because my parents growing up both my parents smoked so it's kind of i wouldn't say i'm used to it it's just kind of you know it's you've been around it if you know what i mean and like a bunch of my friends smoked in um you know school you know because i was the first to turn 18 basically they always used me to like go buy them smokes and shit so i'd always just say like (laughs) yeah i'm keeping the change um you know like like i'm breaking the law for you so like you know you're gonna give me some money for this i was a real dick but um yeah, anyway. Um, we're, we're at the bar, uh, basically. Brandy and I aren't. Uh, we're watching Bosco uh, at the bar. Uh, Brandy's talking to Hobart, and uh, Hobart sort of mentioning how he um, he has been suspended or basically some days off. And obviously Bosco says, well, it always happens when you have a shoot. And it's kind of interesting here listening to Hobart when he says he had like a f- four career kills, five now. This is the first time I've ever tasted the guy's blood. Uh, which I guess is a sniper. That makes sense. Um, and then kind of, I kind of like this sort of back and forth between the two, uh, when he's like sort of ripping shit into Bosco. It's like, Oh, you guys, you know, and it's like, Oh, you're kind of small. I bench press 300. Um, and then he's like, obviously saying like, it's not about physical. It's about mental. It's all here. You know, you wouldn't have a clue. And I love Bosco. He's like, well, teach me. Um, so, you know, he's like, oh, let's go out early tomorrow. Uh, we'll do some shooting. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a nice little setup between the two. I mean, like it's Hobart's just an interesting character just because, you know, we've only kind of met him once and heard Bosco talk about him every three seconds. So, um, I mean, we kind of starting to get to know him a little bit more here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, I do like the whole, when he's like, it's all mental, not, you know, I get that a lot. I, I not get that. Like, I get that a lot. People say it to me, but I understand where he's coming from. Like, certain things are just all mental or not. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's one of those, like, wise, like, old men are Yoda. just like, yeah, and Bosco's just like this young, just young, 
kind of like this young gun just like yeah teach me and he's like not understand like no it's really a mental thing like you don't understand what comes with it and so yeah, which comes out later on with the episode. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And again, props to Gerald McRaney, great actor, uh, Hobart sort of portraying in there. I just feel so weird talking about Hobart, 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 my home city. It's like, oh, here we go. Uh, you know, Hobart to watch. <laughs> um, then we get uh, Fred's definitely in this episode because why not have Fred and Yokus in the bath? I mean, this is kind of nice for them to be in the bath together, like... Uh, I think I've mentioned before, like, I remember seeing, like, uh, an interview with Molly Price during Third Watch that for a large portion of this show's run, she was the only married woman on primetime TV, like, in, a, like, an actual stable relationship. Um, so it's kind of nice to see this and kind of nice to see them having a, a romantic bath together. Um, that would have been fun for them to film, I can imagine, particularly, you know, given that Molly's real-life husband is on the show. So, you know, I mean, I guess as actors, you've got to do what you've got to do. I mean, I guess if you're dating or married to an actor, you've got to understand that they're going to play roles where they're going to do things like this. Um, but it's a cute scene. Like, again, we've always talked about how much chemistry these two have and how they're such a nice sort of married couple. Um, but uh, I, I like the line when, um, you know, Fred's, like, talking about, like, oh... You got headbutted. I didn't even know how to hand that, handle that. I want you to wear a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, you know. And it's, you know, it's it's crazy because like this whole time, like Fred has wanted Faith to be careful, right? Wanted her to like take a desk job, and it's just crazy, like how we're finding this point where Faith is also considered like a uh, a step up in her her career and. Unfortunately, we all know what's going. What happens with them? So yeah, uh, let's not think yeah. about that right now. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like it's kind of. I, <laughs> I like the setup here, kind of when like Yoko's is like, you know, I'm not going to take ESU. I'm going to take the sergeant's yeah. test, and I kind of like how she's like, yeah, because I'm you know sort of a delicate flower, um, and then you know kind of like yeah, no more patrol officer, um, Yoko's, and yeah, it's, it's a nice little setup, um, and like. I do like the fact, though, that, like, they're about to get it on, and uh, we've got old Flat Stanley there chilling, and then I love, like, Fred, how he turns Flat Stanley around and obviously, you know, zoom out, whatever, here we go, it's implied they're going to do it. Now, I've recently, um, I guess, been educated as to what Flat Stanley is. I just always assumed this was, like, a throwaway episode. Like, I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, Flat Stanley, it's just a school project, but... This is apparently a thing, like an actual character in a book that you do this and then you get photos with them. Like, are you aware of the whole Flat Stanley thing? No, but I'm like Google. I'm Google, I'm looking it up right now. I'm on Google. Yeah. Just, uh, a, yeah. Like, a, 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 I don't even know what you call her. Let's call her a friend uh, of mine. Is this like a, <laughs> is it basically like, you know, on Facebook lately, like there's these like romance things like, Oh, I'll take a picture of like something. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, this like predates this a lot. This is obviously a lot older. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but that's basically like the same kind yeah, of, yeah. So like a friend, like she yeah. kind of, um, you know, it's, it's, even complicated telling a simple story about her but um yeah so she's like in morocco teaching teaching that's what she does she's a teacher um and she kind of messaged me about oh have you heard of this oh so if some kids from morocco were to send you 
a flat Stanley, would you be able to take a picture of him with like some Australian things? And I'm like, mm, all right. Um, and kind of again, I was like, like flat Stanley, that sounds, that's from the third watch episode. So like I looked it up and then realized that this isn't just a random throwaway thing in an episode of third watch. This is like a legitimate thing. So, um, that's, I just think it's funny kind of how that, that comes about. And, uh, the fact that that's a recent thing, at least in time recording this, that's popped into my life. And here we are talking about it like a week later. So, um, yeah, I, it's kind of right. weird. It's a nice little idea though, to like have this sort of thing and take photos of it out places to share with your school. Well, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, my kid is homeschooled. You know, this might be a thing for us to do as a homeschooler school activity. Yeah, there you go. You, cool. Thanks third watch for educating us. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no flat Stanley can't watch people have sex in the bath. That's, that's anti flat Stanley. Um, <laughs> It's a sentence I never thought I'd say. Uh, Meanwhile, so we've got um, next morning, Hobart with Bosco, picks him up early in the morning. He's got some scratches on his neck. Um, He's gone and seen uh, Marge in the last six hours, apparently. Um, So they go to this abandoned building. Um, He shows off his guns. He gives Bosco one of his guns. Um, And then essentially we go to this, like, tall area where he's got his, um, you know, a setup with a, with a car with some balloons in it and they've got snipers and they're practicing. I do love the kind of the incl- implication there that he's going to shoot a dog because he's all like, oh, I love nothing more than a moving target. Um, but like, just it's kind of really tense. It's kind of really like, you know, interesting the way kind of like he's sort of selling it. Like, you know, when you pull the trigger, someone dies. Like, this is the last shot of your life. You're either the hero or like, you know someone bad because like you know you could kill a hostage or you could kill whatever um and yeah i don't know just like the tension with it you know they shoot and then kind of the balloons pop and obviously i guess it's it's hobart who's technically blown up the uh the hostage yet you know blames bosco for it um so yeah and it's kind of interesting that this is set up i'm sure these are things uh you know in new york or the police or whatever that sort of stuff when it comes to this kind of stuff because i guess they've got a train um, so there's that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel really anything to add on this scene. I mean, it's a nice little tense scene, I guess. I mean, it's tense. I mean, let's go back to the dog. I was like, is he really going to shoot a dog? I <laughs> for a moment thought they were going to kill a dog on third watch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, damn. No. I mean, there's worse things that have happened for sure, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so at the precinct, Swirsky's back. We haven't seen him in a few episodes. Um, talking about not being heroes. We've lost enough heroes out there. Uh, also asks for, um, anybody want to do some extra shifts, guarding bridges and checkpoints. Sully does. Sully wants to, uh, do some extra che- checkpoints. Why not? We've got, uh, Bosco kind of practicing his aim on a poster. I uh, kind of like how he kind of does that. And then, uh, we've obviously got the suspect, the PCP guy who got away from Bosco, uh, the day before and, uh, you know, mentions about like, oh, if anybody sees him, I'd like to, to be involved in it. So please let me know. Um, and then kind of once it's all broken up, eyes and he's open out there. Yep. That's how it works. Um, we find out that, uh, Hobart has had a restraining order put against him, an order of protection by his ex-wife. Um, and that they took his guns away. So Bosco's kind of like, huh, what's going on? You know, doesn't obviously say straight away that he was with him this morning. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like, oh, what's going on here with, uh, Mr. Hobart? Like, hmm, bit of tension being, um, set up there, I guess. So anyway, um, we move from there to, uh, Carlos and Taylor. They've brought in an old lady who apparently just wants to steal stuff. 
Uh, Sonia, is it? <laughs> um, and I like kind of like how she like grabs Carlos's hand and puts it on a like boob. And it's like, oh, I feel something right here. I'm having a heart attack. Uh, and then Sally's just kind of playing along. Obviously, she's like a serial offender. And then meanwhile, um, Taylor sort of looks at Dave and is like, oh, come here, come on, let's go back here. Um, and then she wants to have sex with him um, in the hospital. Why not? Uh, <laughs> like, got five minutes. Like, horny Taylor. Like, <laughs> damn, Taylor. I mean,. Yeah, she really, she really does let David think he's the man in her relationship. Look, you know, we've all been in situations, I'm sure, where we've been with people that, yeah, this is great, but, like, I can't say I've ever been in a job where I felt the need to have to do that. <laughs> like, I, I can't think of a time, at least. <laughs> I don't just want to ask you the question. It's a personal question, but, I mean, it's like, I don't know. No. No, no, I haven't either. I mean, there's people, I know people who have done it in different places. I mean, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm good. I'm working in the wrong job. But that's the thing about life. There's always going to be like, that's what what makes everybody, like people are interesting because there are all those people who are like just very kinky and just very like, let's do it in the bathroom or like something like this or yeah. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not opposed to the, I'm not opposed to that stuff. I'm not saying like, oh, that's disgusting. But like, I guess you've got to be with the right person. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, was that too much information? Probably. Anyway, uh, so Bosco and Yokus. <laughs> Bosco never on the odd network. <laughs> ne- yeah, yeah, that's our motto. Bosco and Yokus, um, all of a sudden, uh, just driving around, and they're kind of like, "Oh, let's check out the Cuban joint." You know, there's a speed lab there. They might be there. And this is where kind of Yokus um, says that I'm gonna. Uh, take the sergeant's test and, uh, you know, Bosco kind of, you can tell he doesn't really, not too happy, but he's like, oh, you know, fine, ASU's not for everyone. So kind of he's disappointed, but he's going to go along with it. Um, so meanwhile, we uh, get them pull up to, I guess, this Cuban joint um, to which they uh, go into a little area and, uh, you know, blinking this guy and then Bosco goes up to this window because he's banging on the door. And he's basically, you know, oh, what does he say? Good afternoon, citizen. Um, you know, let me in. And uh, can we just, I just want to point out here, Brandy, I don't know if you recognize, did you recognize the man behind the desk? Yes. Peter. Uh, how do you say it? You're, you're nearly there. You're nearly there. I don't even know how to say it. It's hard for now. Peter Dinklage. Dinklage, isn't it? Dinklage? Okay, I want to say Dinklage, but Dinklage, okay. To date this kind of again, at the time of recording this, we're we're doing obviously our Nip Tuck uh, recaps as well, and we're actually just into the fourth season, which is where Peter Dinklage is kind of like a main cast, not a main cast member, but he's like a main recurring star in the fourth season of Nip Tuck. And I always forget he's in Third Watch, and he's literally in it for, what, 30 seconds? Um, But, I mean, like, as we were talking on Nip Tuck, like, this guy's a huge star now. Like, I mean, he's obviously, like, I, is he, like, the main star of Game of Thrones? But, I mean, like, he's he's kind of just, like, such a big, big star. And this guy's, like, A-lister now. So, you know, once again, oh, yeah. we're, we're, like, going on these people. We were talking about Viola Davis a few episodes ago, you know, and kind of just, like, people who are in the show. So it's always important to note these people. And, like, I, look, I don't really know if Peter Dinklage was really known by name, at least in, like, 2002, I think he was kind of a little bit more well-known when it came to um, when he was in Nip Tuck. But, um, 
An elf. Yeah, elf. I mean, God, this guy's been in so many things. He was in an Australian movie, which, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, on our Nip Tuck coverage. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's Golden Glo- he won Golden Globe, I think, uh, not long ago for, for Game of Thrones, Emmys. I mean, this guy's just been in everything now. But, uh, yeah, complete utter star. Um, so, yeah, here he is. Brandy in uh in Nipta uh I'm lost now where I am third watch. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. I mean, again, one of my favorite things about third watch is like seeing all these people who have who weren't even where they're at now. I mean, they weren't even famous, and like now they're huge, and it's just amazing. Like how many stars have come through third watch? Yeah. And I love. They need a. They need a freaking promote third watch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, really, I, yeah, they need. To. I love. I love it when he says like, you know, like open the door, and he's like, show me your badge, and he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, okay, shoot him, <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, and then we have <laughs> the random guy at the door who kind of we automatically, you know, is this the PCP guy? But it's not. And then, um, obviously, like, he runs. And I love how, like, Bosco, like, grabs this guy and smashes him against the window. And it's like, Bosco, that's not him. And it's like, well, you know he did something. And it's like, well, get out of here. And he just smashes through the window. Um, like, poor Peter Dinklage. He's going to have to pay for a new window now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's a fun scene. Uh, meanwhile, back in the hospital, Carlos is kind of looking for Taylor. Uh, and I love how he, like, sees, he sees Davis, like, leaving the room. And kind of they share just, like, a little, like, you know sup sort of thing as they kind of walk out and then Davis, uh, Carlos is like what and then he sees Taylor leaving the room and she's kind of like you know adjusting her neck a little bit and kind of you know like oh yep nonchalant walking out and he's just like no no <laughs> I love that part no <laughs> I just love it so funny oh, so funny no no, no. Um, meanwhile, we've got Kim and Doc, uh, they've been called to an apartment, uh, we've got a woman, uh, and then we find out this is Margie, this is, uh, Hobart's ex-wife, and clearly he's, uh, hurt her because, uh, she's bleeding, and that's where Kim and Doc are, and obviously that's where we're kind of leading up to that phone call that we're gonna, um, uh, eventually get, uh, Bosco and Yokus are eating, and I kind of just like this conversation between the two, and I like, you know, Bosco, uh, you know, can't see you as a sergeant, you know, um, that, and just, I just like, I just like random conversation between these two, just chilling, eating lunch on their lunch break. It just feels so realistic. Like, it doesn't feel like it's acted, if you know what I mean. You just believe this is their lunch break and they're just talking to each other. Um, but I love kind of like Bosco here, who's like, oh, where are the napkins? So he's like, he gets the napkins and out pops Flat Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I, I love kind of like Yoko's just the way she explains it. Like, yes, that's Flat Stanley. He's going to, um, you know, be riding with us at work today. And just like, I love Yoko's like, yeah, you know, um, Charlie's very proud that his mother's a police officer. <laughs> and then just like Bosco, you know, what make, this makes me think of birth control. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, just get the camera out. And then <laughs> Bosco's line, sure, let's take a pretty picture of him in the shredder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love it. God, it's so funny. Uh, just, just the, I'm so from watching kids talking about birth control. Just the picture of Bosco just like holding up flat standing like going like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, I like how like I like how like what a couple like a season ago, so he was like, I was thinking about selling down want kids. Now yeah. he's like, Shh. Flat Stanley, <laughs> fucking give me some condoms. <laughs> it ruined it all. He's like, what? nope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, it's so good. But uh, anyway, so um, Doc and Kim are still with Margie, but Davis and Sully are here. Um. Obviously, you know, talking about uh that Hobart needs help, don't arrest him, um, you know, and it's kind of a nice little scene where she's kind of, like, going off at something, like, you never help your own, like, you know, you just, you discard them, you know, I've made so many calls to the the police, you know, to say that um, basically when it comes down to it, you know, you need to help one of your own, but you never do, you never do. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, like, interesting her going off at Sally. Davis gets his phone out. And so I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm calling Boscarelli. I love how he says, I'm calling Boscarelli. Like, surely you can just say, I'm calling Bosco. Um, which, you know, there it is. And then kind of we, uh, he's obviously going to warn him because, you know, it's his friend. Then uh, we cut to, to Bosco and uh, obviously he's like yelling out at, at Yokus, like, oh, you know, Glenn, he needs a help. We need to go see him. And I love Yokus, like, that guy's a jerk. So are you. <laughs> so kind of like. I mean, and talking about, um, going back just a moment to like when she's when is it marge talking about like how like they never helped them own like that goes like with the ptsd i think yeah. as well and it's just funny how like we mentioned that with kim and like i feel I like there was like really nobody around her and then like with we see more ptsd issues later on with some of the characters and it's interesting like they're now touching on the it's like this season they're kind of touching on that yeah no you're absolutely really right yeah very good point um but the one thing I like about this scene kind of with Bosco and Yoke is, is just like, again, just the, the realistic nature of the acting and just how, how it feels like just, it's just so subtle. Like Bosco sitting in the car yelling at Yoke, who's obviously, you know, cleaning out her lunch container and just like, <laughs> just, just the way like she, Molly Price acts the way she just like subtly licks a fork and then just kind of like, as soon as he's like, come on, we're seeing Hobart. She kind of like rolls her eyes and like scuffs towards the car. Like, it's just so well done. Like, it's just so darn believable. That's why I just love these characters so much. Because you just feel like you're just, you know these people and that you just, they they are real. It's not like acted, if you know what I mean. So, and again, this is just... I feel just... like they kind of switched places this season, in a way. Wasn't that Faith, like, last season? Like, get in the car, Bosco. No, you can't make yeah, me, no, kind of thing. No, and now you can't Bosco's make me. Like... No. <laughs> and now Bosco's the one that's arresting a family member. Now Bosco's the one that's, like, get in the car, Faith. <laughs> like it... Yeah. It's uh, just awesome. I do love that. We've got Carlos and uh, Taylor kind of having their lunch uh, in the back of the ambulance. And um, I just kind of like, you know, Carlos, I talk about like, that's nasty. Like the whole time, you're that's you doing it. And then I love Taylor standing up to him like, you're just jealous. The whole world's getting it and it just bothers you. It's like now that you know, we're going to do it with the door open. <laughs> um, oh, man. So funny. Love it. And he's like, he really seems disgusted. Like he even puts his hamburger down. Like, yeah, he does. He legitimately puts it down. He's like, ew. Like, ugh, no, I'm not done. And this is this is kind of where we then now cross into what we had in the opening scene. So this is kind of the whole bit where he's like sort of just looking at her and it's like, your shirt's inside out, you know. Um, oh, I can't wait for you to ride with Zambino, Zambimbo tomorrow. Uh, kind of, this is where we're obviously tied into um, the uh, the very beginning. Um, so then Bosco gets out of the car. We see him they're pulled up to Hobart's place. Uh, Yokes is going to stay in the car. And I love how it kind of says like, you know, oh, not many people get him. It's like, oh, him or you? 
Um, so like Bosco is going to go up to uh, Hobart's apartment. Meanwhile, we've obviously got the scene kind of with Kim and Doc where, uh, you know, they've taken Margie to the hospital. Doc's going to make a phone call because obviously he's trying to chase down the, the whole tape situation. He doesn't want that to be uh, given to the uh, the attorney. Um, so, you know, there's kind of the, the Doc bit there. Um, and we also have, um, yeah, Davis and, and Sully, uh, obviously just having a bit of a, a conversation. Uh, and he's kind of like, is this where Davis says that he wants to friend zone, uh, Taylor? So kind of like, as cute as they are and all that sort of stuff, it's kind of like interesting now that Davis is already talking about like, oh yeah, I want to put her in the friend zone. So yeah, it's kind of just like, <laughs> wow, Davis. That kind of threw me off. That one kind of actually just threw me off. I was like, wait, what? Like, he seemed like he was really, I don't know. Yeah. But they don't, they don't Damn. break up until, spoiler alert, like a little bit later on. So, like, it's, he's not going to say this to her. But, um... Maybe he's just saying it to, like, Sully, like, trying to be one of those, you know, those some people are like that, like, try to brush things off. Like, yeah, nah, she don't mean anything to me. Or, like, nah, he don't mean anything to me. Yeah. Clearly yeah. they do. But I, I kind of like yeah. this, like, little line. <laughs> like, Sully's like, have you ever uh, fallen for someone who didn't go for you? And David kind of thinks, and he's like, nope. No, I haven't. And then I was like, you live in a different world to me. He's like, oh, you're cuter than you think. <laughs> like, I'm so with Sully there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you live in a different world to me. Um, so then we uh, kind of cut to Hobart. He's just chilling in his chair, smoking, having a beer. Uh, Bosco walks in and kind of like Bosco's like, I, I don't want to say condescending. He's just the way he kind of goes about things. The way he's like, oh, you okay, buddy? You okay there, mate? Well, he didn't say mate, but just like the way he's kind of talking to him. You know, here to check, you know, check on you. Um, and then obviously Hobart's just kind of like, what are you doing here? You know, they they took my guns, like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then we cut down to the car of Yoka's taking pictures of old flat Stanley. Um, <laughs> why not? Uh, Sully and Davis get the call for the PCP suspect. Um, so it's kind of all setting up what we saw at the beginning. Um and kind of like, we're just kind of got this sad little scene with Hobart and Bosco. It's kind of all calm and everything. He's, you know, I love the kind of the zoom ups on the beer and the, the smokes and all that sort of stuff. It just, it's just so well edited. And all of a sudden Hobart snaps. He's like, you know, who are you to talk to me like that? You know, some little punk like you is going to take over my job. You know, I've worked for a lifetime and here you are like coming in to take my role. And then he just pulls a gun on Bosco. Uh, and then they just have this wrestle on the ground. Um, and then, you know, just the way Bosco is just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, uh, he's saying like, oh, we should shoot you now. And then kind of grabs the radio and basically, cause Yokus is obviously calling for him saying like, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And then like, you know, you tell her, you tell her Bosco and he's like, leave her out of this, leave her out of this and grabs the radio. You know, Bosco, he's a dead man. He's going to be shot with his own gun. So freaking tense and well acted. Um, so Yokus calls in the 1013, shots fired, uh, Davis and Sully turn around, they're going to go to the shots fired rather than going to the, uh, PCP suspect. Then we just get this whole sequence at the end, um, you know, Yokus obviously comes up the stairs, the apartment's empty, and, uh, Hobart's taken Bosco up to the roof, where, um, just this, this whole sequence, this, like, from this point on, this, this is final five at the end of this season, um... Just Absolutely. just everything that's going on with this moment, just so tense it is and just how well acted it is. And, like, you really are kind of like, holy fuck, like, poor Bosco here. Like, you know, this guy's just gone absolutely crazy. Pointing this gun on him, holding it on him, and just kind of, like, setting this whole situation up. Bosco, like, you know, basically puts his arms down and is like, you know, I'm not going to fight you. And I kind of like Hobart. It's like, well, that's just bad police officing. <laughs> you know, just the way he's doing it there. 
Um, then he grabs him again, and obviously he knows he's setting himself up here because he knows all the ESU and the snipers are gonna gonna be on the roof, and they're kind of you know pointing at him because he's like, "Do you feel them? They're there. They're there." Um, and then he's like, "They're just bringing in the hostage negotiation, and they're not gonna let me talk to Margie though because she pisses me off." Um, and then, you know, we've also got Yoke is coming up to the roof with the ESU guy that we saw from earlier on, you know, saying like, what's going on? Like, oh, Hobart's lost it. Um, and then kind of just, you know, he's still just taunting Bosco. I just love the way he taunts Bosco and the way he's kind of doing it. He shoots again up into the air to obviously let people know where he is. And then just kind of how he points the gun directly at Bosco's head. He drops the clip from the gun, which obviously now Bosco straight away goes, ah, okay, no, he's not going to kill me. He's basically wanting to get himself killed. So, you know, this is when Bosco obviously starts shouting out, like, don't shoot him, it's suicide. Nobody listens to him because all of a sudden, bang, headshot, dear old Hobart's dead. Uh, And then just this scene here, like, holy crap, like, Bosco here just just crying and like, you know, he didn't have to kill him and, you know, he wasn't going to hurt me. And there's the blood on his face. And then just like, you know, everybody kind of like up on the roof, Davis and Sully. And just like, oh, this bit where he starts going like now, like now what? Like now what, Glenn? Uh, and then kind of just goes and just rests up on the, on the roof and just like, he's in tears. Like, holy crap. This, this, this gets me emotional watching this. Just, like, seeing just, like, Bosco lose it at this point. Like, you just... You don't expect this from him. This is not Bosco. This is not... Bosco doesn't no. break down. Bosco doesn't kind of react to things like this. He's the tough one. No. Um, and just kind of even watching everybody look at Bosco. Like, you can just see it in their faces. Like, Davis looking on, you know, Kim looking on. Kind of even just the way Yokes is trying to, like, hug him and calm him down. And just, like, Jason Wiles just owns this scene. Like, holy crap. Like... This is this is final five. This potentially could even be final five in the whole six seasons. This this whole scene is just amazing. It is. I um, it, it was definitely it. It was again like I mentioned like earlier, like with Faith being sick, he didn't really show emotion. Like he said something, then they're like, you felt the moment, and then that was it. But with this one, you see, you see his uh, not weakness, but what is what is it like? The wall is up. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And it's just powerful. I believe it. it's definitely one of the top. You know what I mean? Damn, it was so well done. Both of them, like, it was just well done. The whole scene, the whole plot line was just well done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we, wow. If we do a top ten uh, instead of top five for the overall moments of all six seasons, and, I mean, this got to be in the top ten. Top five, look, I couldn't say definite yes or no, but I think it's a strong argument for top five overall. But this this is definitely making our final five at the end of the year, without, at the end of the season, without question. Um, but, yeah, I kind of think, like, we get, obviously, just the closing scene where we see Bosco just putting the gun that uh, Hobart gave him back in the closet and then that kind of fade out to black. But, yeah, holy shit, this scene, it's just, it's incredible. And, like, it's, it's kind of interesting just with Bosco's character because it's, it's not, like, we're going to see him break down again. Like, not to this extent, I would say, uh, but we definitely will get sort of a, a bit of a thing around this kind of when, you know, he has to deal with some issues kind of moving forward. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I love that episode too. I look forward to that. I mean, that one's another. Because, again, like every time Bosco does break down, it's just so powerful because, again, he's a character that doesn't, you know. He's just one of those, like, makes jokes or, jokes or he just calls people jagoffs or doesn't care. You know what I mean? He just has this attitude, like, I don't care, like, I'm, as long as I do my job, but there's no feelings involved, you know. But so when you do see him break down, like, when you do see him, 
involved with something like as intense as this is, it's just it's always powerful and it does hit you. Cause I'm just like he had to be like you just had to imagine like he had to be under some like I'm talking like he, I'm talking like he's a real person, but no, he had to be under some real intense pressure for him to break down like that. You know, well, that's this that's scene. where it goes back into <laughs> just the realistic <laughs> nature of these characters and kind of saying yeah. what before that you do feel like these are real people, and I kind of think that just adds the emotional yeah. level of watching these scenes and what I kind of like about this storyline with Bosco, kind of just how he we're going to see kind of a bit of a fall for him in terms of just, um, you know, his emotional state. And we, we get that obviously a lot more. Uh, it's in episode 17 this season. It's literally called Falling. And kind of just like how, um, you know, that relates to, to Yokus because it kind of, it sort of leads up to her sort of doing the sergeant's test and like whether or not she'll pass or fail because a lot of it is down to how, um, you know, he feels about things and kind of what Yokus is dealing with it. And there's just, I remember the scene actually in that episode where he kind of shows up to Yokus's house and just breaks down to Yokus. Like this is like all stuff. That's just, yeah, just, it's kind of an interesting storyline. We were just, as you were saying, like, you know, his toughness kind of just breaking that sort of level of him. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to get to with Bosco this season and kind of, it's interesting how I talk about sort of like season three, sort of not necessarily, you know, gelling in with season four, but, uh, you know, I guess the overall big differences with Bosco, at least on season three, season four is that, you know, season three is kind of like the emotional roller coaster ride for Bosco, whereas season four is sort of the cruise season. So, um, <laughs> which I, I, I don't want to say it like that sounded like I was saying negatively. I mean, you know, I like cruise. But I mean, I guess kind yeah, of it's yeah, it's, it's different sort of side of things. But um, well, she does. I mean, I love Cruise too, but she definitely brings a different dynamic. I mean, that's you know, unfortunately, like I love Cruise. She's a great character. I mean, I know some people don't like her, but it does change. You know, the, she she didn't. I don't think she necessarily changed, but this is like she's part of the new direction that their watch took. You know, and mm-hmm. you don't really get the much. You don't really get the Bosco and Faith like we used to have and other things. So I get it. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, so we are done for episode 12. Anything more to add before we move into our evil review section here? No, I mean, it's just one of those episodes you have to watch, you know? I mean, it's powerful. It's, yeah, it's just powerful. Well, I kind of assume that we're both doing the same thing here, aren't we? We're both buying this episode. I mean, I know I am. So Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I know I am. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. no question around that. I think we kind of said it at all when it comes to this episode. So, um, yeah, uh, but as I said, sort of the beginning, potentially top 20, top 30 episode. I mean, this is just such a strong episode. And can I just say, congratulations, Brandy, you and I have just been a part of the 300th buy on this show. So yeah. um, <laughs> there you go. I don't know if that just says a lot in terms of the fact that we are always just doing um, shows and movies that we like over ones that we shouldn't. But, um, yeah, I, you know, obviously there is a reason why we're doing third watch. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting this season, like, uh, between yourself and Darvell, this is a perfect season for you guys. You get to do anything but buy it this season. Uh, I mean, I've rented three this season. I only rented two last season, but I, I'm actually going to say, I'm surprising myself with the amount that I'm buying this season. I honestly thought that this season was going to drop off in terms of, you know, a lot more rents compared to last season. And look, there's still plenty of time. We've still got, you know, 10 episodes ago, technically 11 if we include the episode of AR with it. So, um, yeah. It might, yeah. It might be for me, it might be like the honeymoon like effect in terms of like, I haven't seen these episodes in a long time. So right now it's like, yeah, I'm buying every one of them versus mm-hmm. like season two and season one. I've watched those episodes so many times I can't count, you know? And mm-hmm. so, 
but those it's like yeah i'll rent it because you know i've seen this one so many times but with these ones i'm like oh crap i forgot about this one wait i don't remember this episode Which, oh, and it's yeah great, yeah it's gonna make it interesting yeah. too because um you won't be with us for the next few darvel will be back in the chair next so um it's kind of going to be interesting to see how he takes it on board. So um, we'll see. Well, it's kind of interesting to kind of have this spread love, I guess, between the two. But uh, our next episode, of yeah. course, will be uh, Unlucky or Lucky for Some, I guess, the 13th episode of this season, Cold Front. Um, so, you know, a bit more of a ramification, I guess, ramifications, I should say, around Jerry and Doc. We've got some good scenes around them. Um, we have a very interesting scene about a woman trapped in ice. Um, so, uh, let's kind of think about that in the future. Uh, we've also got Carlos, uh, fun little storyline with him around a, uh, telephone number. Uh, and I believe that's Tammy, isn't it? Kind of, uh, about whether or not it's a right or a wrong number. And, uh, also, um, we have, uh, Jimmy. We have a bit more around Jimmy, uh, dealing with, uh, Joey. So, uh, there's that as well. And Bosco kind of, yeah, his emotional things are kind of kicking into gear. So, uh, I will say it's kind of the last, I don't want to say calmest episode. Like, it's interesting with Cold Front because we're about to get into some deep storylines that are going to last a season or two. Like, Superheroes Part 1 and Part 2, which, um, you know, I think when we record those, we'll release those on the same day just because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of is obviously a two-parter that you need to watch together, I feel. But sort of, they really do uh, set some stuff up moving forward, particularly around Sully, particularly around Tatiana. Uh, there's some good Davis stuff. Uh, so, you know, that's we get introduced to um, a big bad, which is going to extend over, you know, as this the rest of this season and into season four. So it's kind of something that Third Watch is going to do moving forward, that we're going to kind of have a big bad, which is sort of, it's interesting that kind of a show like this hasn't really had one because it's sort of so character-driven. But this is kind of that shift that is sort of towards more of the the job storylines rather than the character storylines, which, I mean, we know they all tie in to each other, but, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, five large portions of the end of season five are sort of focused on the big bad of that season. Then, obviously, season six towards the end, there's a big bad, which obviously leads to how it ends. And then kind of, yeah, this is kind of going to be our first big bad, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if you watch a show like 24, you've always got your big bad villain. Even like Nip Tuck, there's a big bad on the of the season, like an ongoing arc. But um, I will say I kind of, I do like it though, because like the actor that we will get playing the big bad is a very esteemed actor from a very famous movie, who I, a movie that I absolutely love. Uh, sadly, no longer with us anymore. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm just, I'm talking way into the future. We're still at Cold Front to get to, but Given that, Brandy, you might not be on some of these episodes, I mean, there's anything you kind of remember, at least, from these sort of episodes setting these sort of uh, big storylines up? Honestly, not as much as I wish I have. I mean, that's why I'm so having fun watching these episodes, like, over and over and just, like, it's like, again, it's like the whole honeymoon thing to me. It's like brand new. It's like new. It's, you know, I mean, I don't remember a lot of these storylines. I might remember, like, a few things here and there. Like, once you mention them or, like, talking about some of them, but no. So, I'll probably watch some of these episodes. Even if I'm not on it, I'll definitely be watching some of these episodes. Well, I hope so, because we've also got some things to come up with Carlos. He kind of gets a bit more of a human side to him. Um, And, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward. As always, if you enjoy these episodes, and please like us on Facebook, follow us, 
Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, subscribe on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave some feedback while you're there. We very much appreciate it. And, of course, if you've missed any of these episodes, want to go through them, they're all on those channels, all the oldsnetwork.net. You can find them all there as all our episodes, not just our third watch ones, Nip Tuck. Uh, obviously, uh, what's the other show we do? Lost. There we go. Ben going blank. Well done. Uh, Survivor, our movies, everything else too. So, um, yeah, we've got you covered here on the, uh, the Oz Network. But it's been a lot of fun as always. Um, and we will speak to you next week again. My name is Ben and I want you to wear a helmet. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Okay. Hey, and my name is Brian. <laughs> My name is Brandy, and stay tuned for the next one, and welcome back, Darvell. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.